0: Welcome to the Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast, the home of behind-the-scenes interviews, stories, and memories that celebrate the heritage of the great game of hockey. The Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast is hosted by Mark Willand. A prolific minor league scorer during the days of the six-team NHL, Norm Bowden was an original member of the expansion St. Louis Blues in 1967. Later, he became the first-ever player to sign with the Winnipeg Jets of the fledgling World Hockey Association in 1972. With the 72 73 Jets, Bowden was paired with the Golden Jet Bobby Hall and center Christian Bordelow to form the Luxury Line. All three players would top the 100 point mark, with Bowden netting 103. His successful four year run with the Jets culminated in May 1976 as the Jets toppled Gordie Howe and the Houston Aeros. To win their first abco cup championship what was it like jumping to the w-h-a playing with bobby hull which nhl legend gave bowden a two-hander that he still feels today let's talk with the man they call the original and find out well we're thrilled to have norm bowden on with us today norm let's start in 1971-72 you're playing with the cleveland barons of the american hockey league and you're approached to uh, play for a league that doesn't exist yet the world hockey association
1: Uh, yes uh, anyway mark thanks for having me and uh, going over the uh, wha again Uh, yes it it all started in uh, cleveland in 1972 when uh, you know i heard about stories about you know the new league being formed and and I heard about Bobby Hull, maybe you know, jumping leagues, and uh, it was uh, quite interesting at that time. But uh, one day in Cleveland, uh, I got a call from Billy Robinson, who was the, uh, I guess, the uh, head honcho for the Winnipeg Jets for, uh, for uh, uh, Benny Hatskins, of course. And he gave me a call, and he says, Norm, I'd like to have a talk with you. And I said, sure, why not? So, uh, we met in some, uh, maybe a back alley or something. <laughs> not quite, but we met, uh, some restaurant where nobody knew or ever hockey player have been there. So, um, uh, we started talking about the situation and, uh, uh Billy, uh, Robinson says, Norm, we're talking about a new league. And, uh, you know, bringing in the Bobby Hull and bringing in some other players. And I said, oh, it sounds great. Because, uh, you know, I was in Cleveland and uh, uh, hoping to get back to the NHL with uh, Minnesota North Stars, which I had played for that season. And uh, it, so- it sounded really interesting. And uh, I thought maybe it would be a good idea to to do it, so... He says, why don't you come to Winnipeg and uh, meet me with uh, uh, Anna Stukas, who was the general manager. And uh, after the season with uh, Cleveland Barons, we finished the playoffs and uh, they flew me to Winnipeg. And uh, we, uh, you know, talked it over a little more and it sounded great. And, you know, going back to Canada, back to uh uh, not back to Winnipeg, but uh, going to a Canadian city, it was sounded intriguing. So uh, we talked it over, we had a nice dinner, and uh, uh, they said, we'd you know,
0: like you to come here. And uh, I guess that history was made. I was the original jet. Absolutely. Now, I'm assuming there was a significant pay increase uh, with your decision to join the WHA. Oh
1: definitely you know double my salary which was not that much but I, I did double my salary and uh going to Winnipeg sounded good and uh, again with the Bobby Hull I hadn't made his decision yet but I said uh, why not do it and I was I was pretty sure that Bobby Hull would jump leagues because uh, after a few stories uh it, you know even though he hadn't signed I did sign the contract and I was uh, happier than heck and uh, going back going to Winnipeg and uh, hopefully joining Bobby Hull which we did.
0: Yeah, it worked out perfectly. The marquee player in the entire league ends up on Euroline line with Chris Bordlow. It's curious, obviously we know that the line was extremely productive throughout the season. You yourself actually all three players had over 100 points was that something that you guys clicked right away, uh, in training camp? Or did you start on a different line Did things move around or did you guys just click right away and you were off and running?
1: Well, it's ironic, uh, Mark, that, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, Bobby Hope couldn't even attend a training camp because, um, he was in court, you know? So, uh, we had training camp in, uh, Kenora, Ontario and, uh, And I don't think Bobby Hall came on to the scene on the ice before about 15 games. And uh, when he did uh, get his uh, rights to to play, uh, somehow, uh, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, Bobby and Chris Bortleau and myself, we just connected even at the, like at the, in our practices, we sort of just, connected and the chemistry was there right from the beginning. And, uh, as soon as Bobby Hull started to play, we got uh, going and, uh, the first game we played, our line clicked and, uh, we never looked back. It was, uh, it was like, uh, the chemistry was there right away. You know, we knew that uh, our line was going to be, uh, clicking and, uh, and uh, which we did all year, and it was a, a great season for the three of us.
0: Talk to me a little about uh, Bobby Hull. You obviously had played against him earlier in your NHL career, but I'm assuming you may had a new appreciation for him when you get a chance to actually uh, play with him on a daily basis. Well, you know
1: it's ironic, but uh, I have a story about Bobby Hull. When I was at St. Louis uh blues we went into chicago and um i was playing you know against bobby and uh we're on the same uh we're on the ice at the same time and for for some reason he um he scored a couple of goals in that one shift and uh not that it was a nice goal uh one goal you know hit his uh pad and it went in the net but the next one was in with a pretty good shot so i told bobby i said you know you cost me my job in st louis (laughs) and uh, and i said here we are you know you owe me you owe me something so well
0: you definitely weren't alone
1: (laughs) no that's right so we started playing together and right away it was like poetry in motion we just clicked and uh we we worked uh, so well together, the chemistry was there right from the beginning. And of course, uh, Chris Bortolo, having uh, having played with Bobby in uh, in Chicago, he knew you know what Bobby did and what he could do, and and what he did when you give him the puck. And um, I said, why not? Uh, so I, you know, I started working the corners, and I said, who do I give it to? You know, and. Right. Uh, Anytime you gave it to Bobby, you were pretty sure that uh, he was going to let one go a top corner or, or frighten the goaltenders, especially when they didn't have uh, a, a face mask at the time. So Bobby would set him up, and he never stopped scoring. All
0: right, and you did a good job. That, Norm, was, I believe, 65 assists that year. I was curious also, your team was a little bit different at WHA because you did have Hull. You attracted a lot more media attention, especially Bobby. Talk to a, to us a little bit about how he handled himself off the ice and promoted uh, the WHA and the Jets. Well, you know, you know, I've always said Bobby is the greatest
1: ambassador of any sport in this world. And he certainly was an ambassador for the WHA. I mean, he made it happen. He made it happen for so many hockey players in the NHL and uh, so many European hockey players too so uh, uh, he, to me he was nothing but the greatest for, for hockey and for the WHA and you know I got some stories about Bobby we used to go into a city and uh, you know we, generally we had a pretty good game and of course everybody wanted to get Bobby's autograph and uh, I, some games I'd see about 100 200 300 people waiting for him to sign autographs and he would so we all went in the bus you know and every time every uh, especially on the road you know we'd be in the bus waiting and waiting and sometimes we'd wait 2 hours for Bobby wow. before he finished signing the autographs and he would never leave till you know till he signed every autograph in the building and uh, that's why the People loved him, the kids loved him, the fans loved him anywhere we went.
0: And uh, he was such a great ambassador for the game, I can't tell you enough. Sure was. I know my own experiences as a kid going to Hartford to see the Jets play and uh, and getting an autograph from Bobby Hill. He always made you feel like you were the most important person in the building. And it definitely made a big impression on me. Uh, in addition to watching him play, uh, I enjoyed watching himself interact, watching him interact with the fans as well. Norm, in addition to the luxury line, the Jets had a very well-balanced veteran team on defense. Guys like Bob Wojtowicz, Larry Horning. But you were especially strong in goal with what I think was the league's best 1-2 punch in goal, Ernie Wakeley and Joe Daly.
1: Yeah, well, you're you're right about the goaltending situation. We had a uh, one-two punch, and uh, you know, Joe played super, and uh, and um, and so did Ernie Wakeley. So, you know, it's, as you very well know, if you don't have goaltending, you can't win. And uh, basically, in a lot of games, especially, I think when we played uh, Houston, Air was with the Gordie, with the house there. Um, we you know we had to play big time and. Uh, Joe Daly and, and uh, Ernie played well, and uh, they kept us in a lot of games. And, uh, you know, once they made a couple of great saves and uh, knowing the way we could play, our line especially, the way we could play, we would get, a, you know, a couple goals and then we'd be ahead, and so we we could change our game plan, especially being ahead two or three goals, because of uh, Joe Daly and, and Ernie, the way they Played the game.
0: As would be a pattern in your personal career, as we get to the postseason, you turn it up another notch, averaging over two points a game in the postseason for the Jets that year. Um, Including one of those nights was a seven point night, three goals, four assists, versus the Minnesota Fighting Saints. It seemed like you, Chris, Bobby, and the entire team were really gelling as you got through the end of the regular season and into the postseason.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, during the playoffs, you know, we put it in second gear uh, again, uh, our line, and uh, um, we put the pressure on the other lines. And, of course, again, giving it to Bobby a uh, nice. always points. <laughs> your your point. Uh, so
0: uh, it, it
1: was it was great, um, I, you know. I'll never forget it. That's for sure.
0: You also in the finals you play another strong team, my own hometown team, the New England Whalers. Uh, lose a tough six game series in the finals. What you look back at that Whalers team? They were very deep on defense, strong in goal, uh, some good forwards up front. What were your memories of uh, the New England Whalers, the eventual champions that year?
1: Well, you know, like uh, they had three pretty solid lines and of course uh, you know they had a tough guy there teddy green and um they were they were difficult to play against uh because uh like i said they they could score every line could score goals and uh, and you know a couple games they took us apart but uh it was a good series and uh you know i enjoyed playing against them because they, they had a real balanced squad and uh and, uh, and they showed it against us, that's for sure.
0: Well, after that great first season in Winnipeg, the team stagnates a bit in year two. So in the off season of 1974, the Jets do something unprecedented. They import six European players, two from Finland, Veli Katola and Hexi Riarante, and, of course, four from Sweden, Kurt Larson, Lars-Erik Schuberg, Anders Hedberg, and Elf Nilsson. What was your reaction to the Europeans joining the team, and how were they received by the uh, the guys in the locker room in general?
1: well, you know you know I never had a problem with uh, with the European hockey players because uh, you know they, they were so talented they had so many skills you, you know you Hedberg nelson uh, schoberg you know uh, Tom. Tom uh, he, Thomas, uh, he played for the, the Detroit. He came from Bergman. Yeah, you Tom know. Bergman. Yeah, and so they they were they were talented. They were good. They were, and you know, it's not because they were Europeans. They, they said, you know, they they're not tough. They won't go in the corners. But that was totally the opposite. Um, you know, you had to respect them in every phase of the game. And uh, which I did, and I was totally uh, in awe of them, really, when the they played. So uh, we, I did accept the, the, their talents, and uh, and having Europeans on the team, it gave us a real good balance. And uh, and you know the history, you know, uh, shows it that uh, they were nothing but helping, uh, a great help to our hockey team and to the Winnipeg Jets. And to the WHA, you know, like I, I'm proud of the, the to say that the Winnipeg Jets were instrumental in bringing in the European hockey players and uh, and get involved and just uh, totally phase into our hockey uh, uh, leagues and and then of course the NHL followed suit later on and uh, and then watching uh, Hedberg and Nilsson. Uh, you know, when we won the championship, it, it was uh, unbelievable to watch them—the way they passed the puck, the way they shot the puck—and, and like I said before, uh, you know, uh, I remember Nilsson going in the corners with a uh, tough couple, tough guys, and and dishing it out. You know, he he wouldn't uh, take any guff from them, and uh, Hedberg—he was hard to catch, hard to hit. Nice. So, It was uh, it was great watching them, and and they proved it over the years in uh, in the WHA, and when they went to the NHL, they played well there too. So, uh, Winnipeg Jets, you know, we had a we could compete in the NHL with our hockey team, with the with the Swedes, with the uh, Finns. Uh, I thought it was the best thing that we ever did, and it was the best thing that uh, the WHA did. And, uh, and and like I said, the NHL followed suit, and uh, now
0: that's all you see, you know. Oh, absolutely! Uh, that was the you cornerstone. Yes, the cornerstone of those early Edmonton Oilers teams. Glenn Sather often said that he patterned them after those Jets teams, and um, certainly the Jets. The first year that, that the uh, Swedes came over, and and Pack and, and uh, Hexi came over, uh, the team actually somehow missed the playoffs that year. As a year, Hull scored 77 goals. However, next year, off and running, a dominant team, high-flying. But in order to win the Avco Cup, you've got to beat a very strong two-time defending champion, Houston Arrows team. Everybody has a Gordie Howe story, Norm, as you know. <laughs> I was curious of what your memories are of Gordy uh, playing in the WWE. Well, the, you know, the,
1: uh, I think it was 1973 we're playing an exhibition game in Montreal and uh against the Houston Arrows and I had a, a semi breakaway and uh, you know Gordie Howe gave me a two-hander and I can still feel it my uh, ankle went numb and uh, I can I think I can still feel it and, <laughs> it, it it was amazing you know that uh, this guy is age and you could play that great and of course he was the greatest uh, hockey player in the world at that time and uh, and then playing with his sons made it m- that m- much more remarkable to to see uh, you know this happening with the uh, Gordie Howe and his two boys so it was it was an honor playing against Gordie Howe even though he did give you a couple uh you know shots with his stick but um, uh, I enjoyed playing against him, and, and it was always a challenge
0: <laughs> playing against Gordy
1: Howell and, uh, and his two boys. Of course, Mark turned out to be pretty good too.
0: Sure, uh, Hall of Famer himself, and I had the opportunity to work with Gordy when I worked with the Whalers uh, for six years. And um, I can say honestly that every player that I met, whether it be a teammate of his or an opponent, had two things to say about him. Number one, great guy; they love him. Two, they'd often point to a scar or complain of a aching back or, or ankle or whatever and attribute that to the, their initial run-in with Gordy, who would send a message and clearly got himself enough room to uh, be one of the great players in the history of hockey. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, you know, fortunately, I think it was a good thing uh, I was playing with Bobby Hall also because uh, – you know, Gordy respected Bobby, so uh, maybe he laid off a bit.
0: <laughs> right. That's a good point. That was a good thing. <laughs> Dorm, your last game in professional hockey in North America uh, was winning the ABCO Trophy uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, how did that feel, and can you remember your, uh, your, your emotions uh, at that time? Did you know, for, for, first of all, did you know that was going to be your last year?
1: No, I didn't. No, it's uh, ironic. No, but, you know, winning the AFCO Cup was, uh, you know, uh, uh, was an honor, you know, and it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me, really, because, uh, you know, being with Bobby Hull and winning the AFCO Cup, the championship is great, and beating the Houston Arrows, that made it much better, especially against Gordie Howe. But I didn't know it was going to be my last year. I had no intention. But uh, what happened is uh, I still had two years left on my contract. And uh, because we had tra- the Winnipeg Jets had training camp in, uh, in uh, Europe, in Sweden, Finland, and Czechoslovakia, um, someone from Switzerland watched me play. And I, and I think I, and we were playing against the Swedes. And I scored a couple goals. And the guy liked the way I played, my style. So when I got back to uh, Winnipeg, uh, it was about Christmas time, I got a letter from Switzerland. So I just put it in my locker and I never opened it. And and then one day I said, I better start opening my my mail. And I opened this letter and it's uh, from Switzerland. It was a manager from the uh, Langnau hockey team offering me a contract and but we still hadn't finished the season so after we won the championship i i read again the letter totally and i says mm, it sounds not too bad they were offering me a you know a contract to go coach and play in switzerland so after the season i give him a call and he says yeah come on down they flew me to switzerland and uh I talked to them, and uh, we looked at the contract. We looked at uh, the, the the town I was going to play in, which was near Bern, and it, it wasn't a German town. So, but I speak French, and you know, so uh, I had four kids. So I said, oh, "Man, going to Switzerland with four yes. kids, you know, <laughs> under uh, eleven years old, it was a challenge, you know, and, and not speaking German, it was a bigger challenge." So uh, they offered me this contract, and I came back home, talked to my wife and the kids, and said, "Let's do it." So I I uh, left the Winnipeg Jets, and they they uh, let let me go. You know, they gave me my uh, official release
0: and uh, went to Switzerland, and uh, the rest is history again. Um, how did you enjoy this, the experience of playing in Switzerland?
1: Well, it was great uh you know, like I couldn't speak German at the time, but so i, I had an interpreter and uh after my first year, I went to school for uh, for three months and immersed for two hours a day my my wife and i, and I learned German and my second year, I was coaching german and uh but uh, you know we, we had the best of both worlds there we We were involved with the uh Ambassadors, of, you know, of in uh, in Switzerland, my kids went to an embassy school, so uh, you know they enjoyed every minute of it. They learned, you know, German. So uh, and the, and the hockey was great. The hockey was good, and the traveling wasn't as you know grueling as it was in uh, WHA. Right. Uh, we we played one or two, one game a week, practiced three times a week. Um, the first two years uh, we lost 13 games out of uh, out of 60 games. So you know we had a great team, but then I went to the the French part, and uh, we, we had a tough time there. As a matter of fact, my assistant coach was Jacques Plant, of all
0: people. Wow, did not know
1: that. He, he yeah, he was living in the uh, in the mountains of Montana Crans, which is a, a ski resort in uh, Switzerland. And the management came to me and they said, "Norm, we have Jacques Plante uh, coach, uh, living up in the mountains there, you know." And I <laughs> said, "Would you like an assistant coach?" I said, "Well, I guess so." The you know,
0: <laughs> a Hall
1: of Famer, a Hall of Famer, a goaltender. I said, "How can I go wrong?" You know? I said, "Yeah, let's have him." So uh, he was my assistant for uh, in Swiss, in Sierra's. Uh, Switzerland. Uh, It didn't go too well, you know, because uh, we had about uh, six injuries that I lost my six top players in the first uh, two months of the season. You know, and ironically, we won our first four games and I could see like a championship team. And all of a sudden, you know, I lost six players and I couldn't replace them. So uh, it, it didn't go too well. So after the season, you know, they didn't um, renew my contract, so I was going back to Winnipeg with my family. So I did do that, and uh, and all of a sudden, be- just before I left, they said, Norm, we want to sign you to a new contract. I says, okay, let's do it. So I signed the contract with the Sierra again for another year, and they told me, go back to winnipeg or go go back to canada and bring back a, a decent player with you because we had you know we had we could uh, use two uh foreigners so i said okay so i came back to winnipeg and uh after a couple of months in winnipeg i opened the winnipeg free press and it says jacques lemaire signs with sierra cedars and i said that's my job oh so they never told me, and uh, you know they had signed Jacques Lemaire. and and, and I had a contract. You know, I had a, there was no problem as far as the contract. So I just called them. I said, "Okay, send me my money, and we'll call it a day." And uh, Jacques Lemaire replaced
0: me. Well, if you're going to get replaced, not a bad guy to re- get replaced by. That was yeah, a hall, strange... hall
1: of Famer guy won five Stanley Cups. Uh, you know, they picked a good player.
0: Yeah, and he was still pretty much in his prime at that time too, as a player. That was the interesting yeah. thing. Is uh, he exited as did Ken Dryden that year, uh, still with a lot of hockey left after their fourth Cup in a row. And uh, oh, definitely, but I, but I didn't realize that uh, you were a part of that story as well. Now you mentioned Jacques Plant I often get the impression he was somewhat eccentric. Uh, what was your experience with Jacques?
1: Well, you know, at the beginning, cause I, I, uh, you know, I, I was at training camp with Jacques plant back in uh 62, 63 with, uh, with, when, uh, when I turned pro with Montreal Canadiens, you know, he was there. So I, I had, a, I had known him before that and, uh, but, uh, you know, getting to know him in Switzerland was a different uh, era, a different time. And, you know, so, but he was great. We got along real well.
0: Your story is like so many others, where uh, you were very uh, productive throughout your career. Look um, at Your career in Pittsburgh, and Memphis, Kansas City. And with expansion, you finally get your opportunity and you become part of the very first st louis blues team um what was that experience you know making the blues and stepping on the nhl ice for the first time
1: oh man was it uh I, i'll i'll never forget uh, the the uh, opening uh, game for st louis against minnesota north stars you know, it was a dream come true, of course and uh I'll, I'll never forget it and i remember i mean the place was packed like twenty people we had there and anna maria alberghetti sang the opening song the birth of the blues and it was uh it was chilling i tell you to be on the ice and listening to that song you know and uh and 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 being part of the first uh st louis blues game in in st louis was great and of course uh uh, Scotty Bowman was coaching at that time, and uh, it, it, it was a thrill. I tell you, I'll, I'll never forget that.
0: Do you remember your uh, your first NHL goal? Yes, I do.
1: I I scored it in uh, in the, the Forum. I think I scored it against um, Gump Worsley. It was October eleventh, nineteen sixty seven. And yes, I, I, uh, it was a nice shot. It wasn't a fluky goal. I came down the left wing and uh, shot the far corner and picked the far corner in a low shot. Yeah, I'll never forget that goal for sure. And being at the Forum it made it that more uh,
0: enjoyable. Oh, absolutely. Uh, with The Blues had an interesting team that year. First of all, you've got the coach who ends up being the leading, uh, winning, most winningest coach in the history of hockey. Scotty Bowman. You also play with some some real legends, um, not the least of which is goaltender Glenn Hall. Uh, what are your memories of uh, Glenn Hall?
1: Uh, well, Glenn Hall, I mean, he is spectacular. I mean, the guy would just about uh, do a somersault and make a save. I mean, yeah, we know, I, we, I was there for the Stanley Cup finals against Montreal Canadiens. And uh, Glenn Hall just was spectacular. He made some saves you would never believe, and uh, what a acrobatic goaltender he was. I mean, yeah, and before the games, you know, he was always nervous. Uh, he was vomiting, as a matter of fact. But then he'd come out and just, you know, he kept the Blues in the game every, every. Every game, and I think we had two overtime games in that series. And because of Glenn Hall, like uh, it it was so enjoyable to watch him play. And of course, he's from Saskatchewan, you know, like I am. So had to be good.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So we have. um, When you you made some stops along the way, and I was just curious uh, if you your basic general. Thoughts about you, you? played in Pittsburgh before it was an NHL city. You played with the Hornets. What type of uh, of a hockey city was Pittsburgh back then?
1: Uh, very good. Um, I know when I played in uh, Pittsburgh, uh, we had a real good team. Like uh, guys like Paul Henderson, Lowell McDonald, uh, uh, Tony, uh, you know Hank Bass, and I mean, there's a lot of players that uh, played in St. Saint- In uh, Pittsburgh, that went to the NHL. You know that uh, a year after or a couple years later, but um, the fans were great. I I really enjoyed Pittsburgh. We like. I think uh, we used to draw about ten thousand a game, eight thousand a game. So uh, they they know their hockey, and as we very well know right now. Right. Um, But at that time, they were real good. Fans and uh, I enjoyed Pittsburgh a lot because uh, if you play, you know if you played it well and you played hard, they really appreciated your uh, your talents and your play. So you know I enjoyed the game and I'm not surprised at all that they're they're one of the best you know uh, teams in the NHL as far as uh, drawing crowds I and mean, of course uh, Mary Lemieux had, had a lot to do with that. So.
0: Yes, but uh, no. Pittsburgh was good. I enjoyed it. When you eventually end up in Cleveland, a very uh, people forget that was a very strong American Hockey League market at that time. A uh, Strong loyal fan base.
1: Yeah, uh, Cleveland was great too. They they had a good fan base, and uh, I, I still think uh, Cleveland should have the NHL hockey team <laughs> because. Uh, again, the, the year I played there, we uh, you know we drew well. We had like eight, nine thousand people a game, and if if you uh, had a good team, a competitive team, they came to uh, appreciate you and and support you. And um, spending approximately three years in Cleveland, I, I enjoyed every minute of it, and uh, I just wish that. Uh, Cleveland would have a hockey team still, uh, especially. I think they could have played in the NHL uh, when the WHA came in. They built a the white elephant yeah, between right. Akron and Cleveland, and that killed them.
0: You know, see, playing in the American in the in American League in those days wasn't such a wasn't such a bad thing. There's only six teams in the NHL. The markets that you were playing in were really good hockey markets. I'm su- I'm sure you had a, a lot of close relationships built up with all that travel, all that time together in all those great hockey cities. Well, yeah,
1: definitely um, pretty well. Every, every time we went into like uh, playing in uh, the year I played in Buffalo for Fred Shiro, again, we had a super hockey team, you know, and we drew well in uh, Buffalo and uh, like Hershey, (laughs) Every time you went into Hershey, it was a great game. It was a competitive game, and it was it was a lot of fun going to Hershey. And uh, when Baltimore had a team too, and I played against, the, I think they were called the Baltimore Clippers. And uh, yeah, the 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 whole league was uh, real good. Was good hockey, and and the uh, fans appreciated the, uh, the the competitiveness of the the league and. And, and Buffalo was fantastic. We, you know, we had a great team the year I was there when Fred Sherwood was coaching. I think we lost 15 games the whole year. And we had uh, Brad Park there. We had the Walter Chuk. We had Gilles uh, um, Villemure. So we had a great hockey team. And right before the year I was there, you know, we were going into the playoffs. And right before the playoffs, they called, Pichuk, they called Brad Park, and they called Vilmure up. And uh, of course, uh, we lost the first series against Hershey. But, uh, you know, American League was great. It was uh, I enjoyed it. it was, uh, I wish it would have been in the NHL, but unfortunately it was. But the next best thing was the American Hockey League, uh, which uh, uh, I think performed, you know, we performed a a lot of good hockey for the fans and the, every, every fan, every uh, city that uh, had a team enjoyed, enjoyed uh, our hockey, our,
0: our style, and uh, they appreciated uh, our talents. Yes, they did. I, you just brought up a, a good point. I only have a couple more questions for you. Um, playing for Freddie Shiro back then, uh, obviously he went on to be a Stanley Cup champion coach with the Philadelphia Flyers. Did you see that in him as a coach of the Buffalo Bisons?
1: No, I didn't. No, I um, uh, not at the beginning till we started to play, and uh, and then after I was there about a a month, month and a half. You know, we were you know we were a winning hockey team, and he was so easy to play for. And he never said too much, but what whatever he said, uh, you know, uh, hit you between the eyes. but uh i enjoyed playing for fred uh we got along really well and i played a lot when i was playing for him because of my style and because you know i had a good uh good season there in buffalo when he was there so uh it was it was fun playing for him and uh, just watching him coach a different style the guy never uh, you know went wacky or anything if we were playing bad you know he just just came in the dressing room and he'd write a couple of things and he'd say, okay, this is what we have to do. And we went out there and did it. Uh, but again, we were winning. So uh, I don't know what would have happened if we'd have been last place right. team, but Freddie, um, Freddie was a good guy. I enjoyed playing for him and uh, we got along well.
0: Norm, you, uh, upon retirement, you become a successful uh, Businessman in Florida. You know, uh, own a uh, sporting goods store there, I believe.
1: Yes, and, I did. Mm-hmm. And
0: um, enjoying life in Florida. And now you're back in Canada uh, with your family. And th- I have talked extensively over the years with Greg about, and he's helped us out tremendously up here with Floorball. Yes, uh, which I know. is which is a uh, which is a sport that I love and I think has great potential. Uh, talk to us a little bit about about floorball, how you uh, how you find it, and what you think the potential of it can be.
1: Well, you know, um, I think uh, you know playing ice hockey. If you want to get really good with stick handling and uh, and improve your skills floorball is the way to go. And, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Greg promoting it in British Columbia, and now he's all over the world. uh, Two years ago, uh, Wayne Gretzky uh, said to Greg, you know, maybe you can come and help us out. So uh, Greg floorball and Pavel Barber, uh, they went to help Gretzky and and they did the off-ice training with uh, floorball. And if you're going to improve your skills, improve your game, I think floorball is the way to go. And I think every European hockey player that comes here has played floorball. And if you see, if you watch the European hockey players with the skills they've got, the reason is floorball. And I would recommend every uh, young Boy, you know, five or six, seven, eight years old, to, uh, to train off ice, off ice training, uh, you know, do it with floorball because it's going to improve your skills as far as the ice hockey. And, and I'm, I'm trying to help Greg here, you know, with the floorball, and uh, hopefully we can uh, have it played in the Olympics one day. And I think that's what they're striving for right now.
0: Well, it's a great game. I appreciate you uh, giving your thoughts on that. One of the beautiful things about floorball is that it doesn't require any special equipment. So we've been able to, with some NHL pros, with the Bruins alumni, go to various inner city areas and bring floorball to the kids. And they can go out there and play without helmets and shin pads and risk of injury as you said girls boys kids of any age can play and um yeah it's quite a sport with a lot of potential a lot of people in europe but you look at the crowds and some of those games in finland and sweden very uh, very popular yeah it's uh it's great you know and the parents love
1: that because of the minimal cost
0: <laughs> well norman in addition to your work with floorball i hear that you're also writing a book about your career
1: I was coaching in Arizona, and uh, I developed uh, an adult uh, training uh, camp there, and uh, it turned out to be successful. But uh, this uh, couple came to me and he said, Norm, we I think you should write a book. So I wrote a book, and it's not published yet, but I hope I can publish it in know next six months or so, maybe a year. And it's called uh, The Original. perfect so hopefully it comes out in about a year
0: (laughs) well no we covered a lot today but i know there's a lot more to uh, your story and your book will certainly cover that so when it's ready let us know and be happy to promote it to our thousands of fans around the world
1: yes sir yeah well thanks mark and uh, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure and uh, fun talking to you
0: and let's get the floor ball going. <laughs> Absolutely. You're a good man. We appreciate the, your insights and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Norm.
1: Okay, okay, Mark. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast. Be sure to visit us at ProHockeyAlumni.org.